I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson, and I'll see you, this is so exciting, in the future. February 15th, 2022. I'm Steve Fodor. And I'm Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> Cannot tell a lie. <laughs> We're just a couple of guys. That, that, was, that, was, that was George, George Washington. Washington. I get confused on President's Day. It's just all the presidents. I'm the, George I'm Bush the is coming over one, later. Steve. I'm the melancholy one. <laughs> George Bush is coming over later to celebrate President's Day. All the presidents get a day. That's how that works. Like a thousand points of light, Steve. Like a thousand points of light. We're going to put it in a lockbox. No, that's that's he wasn't a president because there was a hanging chad. Maybe you have to go by and see Bill Clinton. Go to McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> We're off the rails already. It's <laughs> great. Film at eleven brings us to our film at eleven. Our movie of the week, uh, Chip. Have you seen? Have you seen a TV this week? I have seen a TV this week. I mean, Good. Steve, the Olympics are on, and um, no one's watching. Nobody, nobody's watching the Olympics. I've not heard. I, I've occasionally heard a few people go, "Oh, I have to catch up with the Olympics," and I'm like, "Do you?" Is that important to you? It's it, The Olympics are not important to me. I, I'm busy. It's musical season. What have you been watching? Well, I watched a few programs this week. One, I watched David Byrne's American Utopia, which is his, I don't know if it's off-Broadway. No, Broadway this is play. on Broadway. Yes, yes, sir. This is a Broadway show. Well, it is playing on HBO Max, my friend. Oh, I should really make time to watch that. Was this good was it good? That's an interesting question. This is a concert, mm-hmm. like, a, like a rock concert, that is more of a, a theme. I, I do think that it follows what Talking Heads, Stop Making Sense, okay. where that was. This is a, certainly a sequel to that. Different, basically using the, the space of the um, stage to be able to do some odd dancing and marching and mm-hmm. all sorts of fun stuff. David Byrne certainly is a very interesting person. This was not, for me, the most captivating presentation I've ever seen. Okay. But but a lot of times, David Byrne's stuff or Talking Heads stuff takes a little while for me to warm up to. I thought it was interesting. I certainly see that he is an artist. And I certainly uh, enjoy his his thoughts when he writes about music and any number of, of observations. Certainly um, a very odd type of uh, way of looking at things. I love interviews with David Byrne. I love listening to his mind working. And and I want to I want to love everything he does and I don't love everything that he does. And then this is directed by Spike Lee. And once mm-hmm. again, that's another interesting person that I want to love everything he does and I just don't. Well, Demi did stop making sense. So it, it, I don't think it's unusual for David Byrne to pick an interesting person to to direct the, the the film. Okay, and I would recommend this to people who have interest in Talking Heads. Certainly, I don't think young people are going to fall into this. And if you're a person who doesn't enjoy sort of the art scene, I think this is going to you know pass you by too. I'm going to say fifty out of a hundred. Okay, 
I do want to see this at some point, and it will be on my list for a long time, probably till the summer when I actually have time. I do love the Talking Heads. I love listening to David Byrne expressing himself artistically. I, I will catch this one eventually. You also got to see. Well, it's, it was same as it ever was, Steve. It's oh, I don't, I don't have to watch it because it's 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 the same as it ever was. <laughs> Just watch. Stop making sense instead. It's better. It is better. You also got a chance to see Myths and Monsters. This is on Netflix. Tell us about this one. Now, I love this because there's so many things you can make fun of this. this. First of all, this is an interesting subject. This is about story. This is about myths. This is about why they're important. In fact, what, what sparked me to watch this was I watched a presentation by a Princeton professor on the great stories. And it was an hour-long conversation. And this hour-long conversation basically dealt with, you only have so much time, read what's important. Okay. You know, why, why are these things important? And at some point, you can toss off stuff that just doesn't hit you know, the, the depth of man. And why, when I say mankind, is really what I meant by that. But Myths and Monsters has you know, like three or four professors in it. They have these British accents. I think that you could probably smell the pipe smoke. <laughs> the uh, the gentleman who is our uh, leading our presentation has his beard, and the, he is certainly a thespian, a thespian among thespians, as we <laughs> discover the myths and the monsters. <laughs> and then the two ladies who are professors also, they also have these just British perfect voices for a, a, a study of the great stories, Steve. <laughs> and uh, it is enjoyable, but you have to think about this as more of a presentation. Okay. And I would say this is, is you know, 65 out of 100. Okay. And only for those who have interest in adventure, story, um, and, the, and the, where are myths from, from mythology all the way up to today. Okay. That, that sounds like it's right up your alley and sounds like it didn't quite strike you the way that you expected. <laughs> Well, I, I loved it because of the presentation. This would be a great skit. You could make fun of this all day long. Gotcha. It is a wonderful, wonderful presentation by wonderful people. But it is like watching the, oh, who is the, who is the guy with the big black beard who had the um, the actor studio? The, yeah. It would be like watching that. You just you, At the same time, you marvel at his, his knowledge. And at the same time, you're just like, yeah, I'm ready to make fun of this right now. Got it. Maybe there's some movies that we can make fun of later that are opening this week in the theaters. The first one is Uncharted. This is the video game turned movie. You know how well video game movies do, Chip. Well, you know, it stars you know, Peter Parker and uh, Marky Mark, Steve. So you know it's going to be good. It, there's a lot of hype about this one for sure. Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg in a video game movie. Uh, I, I have very low expectations for what this is going to be because it is a video game movie. But it's one of those video games that's actually real people. So real people can portray these characters. All right. Well, say, say hello to your mother for me. <laughs> Or say hello to your dog for me. The second movie is simply called Dog. This is Channing Tatum taking a dog on a road trip across the country. Oh, boy. This sounds awesome, Steve. It I think terrible. That, uh, 
Oh, it does. Well, maybe it doesn't sound so good. Then. <laughs> it sounds terrible to me. Channing Tatum is is a good comic actor, but playing against a dog. This is Turner and Hooch, twenty twenty two. I like the trailer for the outfit a lot. I have very little expectations for this movie, but the trailer really sells me on this idea of a group of mobsters who are using a tailor as their drop so that they can send messages to each other. This is intriguing. Are they uh, doing a Taylor Swift? Uh, he does have a blank space. <laughs> The next one is called The Cursed. This seems to be a very straightforward horror movie that was on the shelf since 2021. I have nothing to tell you about The Cursed other than it looks scary. The Ghosts of Borley Rectory, on the other hand, this is another horror movie. This has been this is a story that's been told many times. This is the third or fourth movie talking about this one spot in England that that pretends to be the most haunted place in the world and the ghosts of Borley Rectory features Toby Wynn Davies, Julian Sands, and yes, Colin Baker in this scary movie. Are there any other British actors left? <laughs> the rest of them the rest of them are in this, but they're not credited. All ready for Halloween, Steve. (laughs) Both of these movies, I'm pretty sure, were supposed to be released in Halloween of 2021, and they have been pushed back to February of 2022. There you go. It it is the most haunting time of the year, Steve. (laughs) It's scary. Speaking of scary. (laughs) Speaking of scary, Steve, it's time to bring on the rap song, man. (laughs) Yes. Since everybody got their Olympics subscription to Peacock, you know, so you can see all that behind the uh, scenes stuff. Time to use your Peacock subscription this week for sure. <laughs> Bel Air, the dramatic retelling of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air sitcom, is coming to Peacock this week. Dramatic retelling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is the dark version of that Will Smith sitcom. They took the silly, ridiculous sitcom with all the colorful everything and made it into a dark drama and there's no rap music in this steve does this look great let me answer that question by saying i love will smith and all of his work and i will watch this with a cautious eye i i don't know if this is going to be great or if it's going to be terrible the fact that it's on peacock does not encourage me i don't think that this is going to be wonderful but i will check this out for sure well, Peacock, they're trying to make into a premium service. So mm-hmm. it, it's this is not the only premium type of uh, production that they've, they've tried to put together. Once again, they're trying to recreate like a Netflix type of situation. And I think that they're going to wind up being more like Apple TV Plus that has that one great show that everybody talks about and then the rest of the shows. We'll see if this is that one for them. Book it, book it, book it. Book it, book it, book it, book it, book it. Brings us to our book it, our book of the week. Uh, Chip, I, I haven't seen a TV in a couple of weeks because it's musical season, but I have been listening to my audiobooks in the car to and from school. I Those of you who are not 
avid audiobook listeners, I really encourage you, I really encourage you to get into the idea of listening to storytellers. And I got a good one this week. This is Agent to the Stars by John Scalzi. This is his first novel. This was published in 2005, and the audiobook is narrated by Will Wheaton. Well, I think I know him. He's that guy from, um, you know, The Next Generation, Steve. I thought you were going to say The Big Bang Theory. Yes, Will Wheaton is that kid. I, I didn't watch, I don't watch TV, Steve. <laughs> I, I don't know who's on that show. <laughs> yes, Chip. Will Wheaton is that kid from Star Trek in 1990. You're right. Remember 32 years ago when there was a kid on a TV show? That's him. He has become, I tell you, one of my favorite favorite audiobook narrators. He has really mastered the craft of being able to give us the different voices of the different characters and so much emotion when he's reading these books to us. Well, it seems that actors have found a place. You know, if they have a nice voice, they have a nice presentation, and then they sort of hit a genre. And Will Wheaton certainly has found his place with a lot of, like, of the new books coming Mm -hmm. out, like the, the new stories. And a lot of John Scalzi novels, he has been the narrator for many of them. Once again, this is 2005, Agent to the Stars. This is the first book that John Scalzi published. It's the story of an alien race that wants to show the Earth that they exist. And the premise is they need to think of a way to show the world that they exist And they're not here to destroy or to do anything evil. They're just a race of aliens that have arrived and they want recognition. Now, did they bring um, anything like Reese's Pieces? That would solve it, right? That would solve it if they just had Reese's Pieces instead of M&M's. Well, you can't always you can't always get the um, the license to like M&M's. So you go and do something like Reese's Pieces. Right. They decide that the best way to introduce themselves is through the media that they have been observing Earth media for decades. We've been sending the radio and TV signals into space for so long. They understand how important Hollywood is to being an Earthling. So they hire a Hollywood agent to be in charge of introducing this alien race to the Earth. They got them. They're going to get them big places, Steve. <laughs> it is totally that. It is totally that. The, the, main, the main character here, his name is Thomas Stein, and he is that uh, stereotypical Jewish agent in Hollywood. And the whole story is then all about what it means to be human, what purpose we have what is this life for how we make decisions and how those decisions shape who we are and what it means to be alien and to want to introduce themselves to this world there's isn't that dynamic state (laughs) read the book (laughs) Yes, this is very. Are we going to have John Travolta showing up here <laughs> with a nose ring or something? <laughs> Where? <laughs> when? Battleship Earth. <laughs> the idea here is 
if we wanted to introduce an alien race to the Earth, we don't want to scare anybody. We want to show the Earth that these creatures are here for good reasons. And doing that through the media would be exactly how that would happen. Well, that's a I, that's a far difference from being a mild-mannered a man from, uh, you know, Kansas showing up in Metropolis, Steve. Right. Because luckily for us, the Kents picked up that mild-mannered baby after he picked them up. Get it? And... <laughs> And 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 showed that baby what it means to be human, as opposed to his alien uh, powers. He could have been a much more uh, malignant sort of character, as we know from Miracle Man, right? So yeah, and and so I, what I'm going to start with is just when you were reading this, what are some of the things that were being talked about? What what, what why was this important? One of the things that really struck me was how this alien race has the ability to get into the mind of a human, to embody themselves in a human body. And the questions, the big questions of where is you? What part of you is you? Is it just your brain? Does your brain make up you or is there something about your body that makes up a part of who you are if you lose a part of your body does it change your self and that is that's really explored deeply here the the connection between brain and body and then i'm going to put in a third category of mind i think that there's three parts to who you are well, that's part of philosophy right there. That is a, it's a true, I think science is still struggling with that. I what think part, so too. What part of you is you and what part is just stardust, man? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's, this is a philosophical question in this silly little sci-fi book. Well, it's a good thing this... I had the lava lamp going on. It's, it, yes, I love when a book can challenge my no, my notions of humanity, and this book does it really well with a lot of humor. Those of you who have read any other John Scalzi books, you know that he is really good at tense scenes, really dark, interesting action scenes, and he's really good at the silly little funny little scenes as well. This book is a great mix of both of those things. Excellent. Anything else you, you, you want to talk about concerning this, this book? The interesting thing for me is that he took this story and made it into a story about the Holocaust. How he is made that? It, exactly. That was, a, that was a big twist in the story. This Jewish agent, his grandmother was in the Holocaust, was a survivor of the Holocaust. And in this story, the beautiful actress who is embodying the alien gets a part in a movie about the Holocaust. She is not the right actress for the part until the alien becomes a part of her existence and comes to an understanding about the tragedy of humanity, the idea of how we can hurt each other. How and we can how, be cruel to each other, purposely cruel. And, and that cruelty 
And together, they come to this real understanding of what the Holocaust means to history and how it's depicted in the media and how we can use that tragedy of our history to shape the future. It, it becomes a really intensely beautiful exploration of that deeper idea in this silly little sci-fi book. The idea of Hollywood forming global opinions is one of the first ideas in this. We've talked about this a lot of times. Hollywood is the movie capital of the world. There's lots of other countries that are making movies, but Hollywood still has this global reach. And if we wanted to change people's minds, media is still the way to do it. And that is... Again, a pretty deep philosophy. That's three. Three deep philosophies in this silly little comic sci-fi book. I recommend this highly. Uh, John Scalzi's next book is coming out next month. It is all about kaiju. So uh, I look forward to reading that one in March. But this one, going back to the history of John Scalzi, this is Agent to the Stars from 2005. Would you say he's a Godzilla of writing? Know what that would mean. <laughs> Scroll with it. Brings it to our scroll with it. Chip, uh, had, did you get out and go to a, an actual event this week? Steve, I went to the theater. <laughs> and I saw a presentation, my friend. <laughs> oh, boy. Acting. Acting. <laughs> what did you get a chance to see chip i got to see neil degrasse tyson my friend so mr mr mustache himself <laughs> he is a very very charming man he is uh yes, certainly he, is. he had the audience gripped with his um presentation and this was just a powerpoint presentation i say just it wasn't yeah. just a powerpoint presentation but you know he is a wonderful presenter certainly a, mm -hmm. a person who is a, a public intellectual and a person who brings the astrophysicist down to the common person i, Absolutely. I, I love Absolutely. i love his book that he wrote that was specifically that astrophysics for the common person i i love how he's able to do that and this was his presentation was based on off his great courses uh the inexplicable universe unsolved mysteries these are about things that we don't know we don't know. I will say mm -hmm. that one of the uh, the most enjoyable parts was when he uh, started the presentation, and we all have to wear masks because we're in a big public uh, presentation, and we all had to show that we were vaccinated to get in to be able to do this. But he, he actually broke down the COVID numbers. And um, I, I think what is most fascinating about the COVID numbers is how you can actually point to, it, it's you know, are you a person who is part of one political party versus another? Well, interestingly enough, Steve, one of mm -hmm. a group that's part of one political party is more likely to die. And mm -hmm. um, they are less likely to get vaccinated and any number of things going on. He broke out the, the numbers of how this kind of works out, you know, with um, people in certain regions versus other regions. And it really was enlightening because the question is, is how do you communicate with um, a group of people that is that are just they're just not going to be willing to accept the findings 
But the data is there. The data is good enough to show that there is a high correlation between um, political parties, not not your uh, philosophy of life, political parties, whether hmm. you are going to live or die during the, the pandemic, certainly is a very hot uh, button going on right now. But eventually we start moving into the great mysteries of the universe, what we know, what we don't know. And oh, sweet mystery of life. At last I found you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and just just a wonderful, wonderful presentation. I don't think anybody left who didn't enjoy themselves. He started about 10 minutes late. And I think that's probably on, on time. He ended 10 minutes late. So he has this down. And this is the fourth time he has uh, performed at the Durham, North Carolina Performing Arts Center. Each time he has a different presentation, he's got, I mean, like m- many intellectuals, maybe 20 different presentations. So, so far, the uh, the people of North Carolina have seen four of his, say, 20 presentations. I would look forward to seeing him again. I mean, he, he really was engaging. So I, I, I would recommend that. I absolutely stand behind that recommendation. I enjoy his presentation whenever he's on any panel or even when Saturday Night Live is making fun of his presentation. He is a, a voice for thinking, for philosophy, for all of the science that is involved with all of these questions that we don't have answers to. Yeah. And, you know, there's not enough cars in the dealerships. So what we should do in Chicago is probably have something special. What are we having going on this week in Chicago, Steve? It is the Chicago Auto Show 2022 this week. It started on Saturday and it's running through February 21st. Uh, Interestingly enough, I just feel like I went to the Auto Show 2021. Uh, That was seven months ago. Was Was that a delay? Was that a delay? Yes, they pushed it back to the summer and had a summer auto show for the first time, and we're back to the winter. Warm up and go look at some cars in McCormick Place, Chicago. I I really encourage everybody to to get out, whether it's cars or not. Find something. Go. Get out. And, you know, a great thing to do when you get out is have a way that you can pay, like, a monthly fee and go see movies. Hey, Chip... (laughs) Remember Movie Pass? Yeah, I do remember Movie Pass, Steve. It kind of worked for a little bit, and then they ran out of money. Because they were just giving away movie tickets. Everybody that paid into the Movie Pass system, they could watch as many movies as they want, and people like Kyle watched 30 movies a month. We we used it quite a bit. I mean, it was 100 yeah. bucks uh, for a year pass, and... Mm-hmm. I think we got maybe did we get five or six months out of it? And you know, that's that's a weekly movie for us. Yeah, we did we did get our our money's worth out of Movie Pass, and yes, we did drain the coffers of Movie Pass, and they did go out of business, but they are coming back in 2022. And, and why not, Steve? And why not? I mean, is there a way they can ensure that they're getting their money's worth? That's you know, like like a Big Brother would do. Uh-huh, that's the idea behind MoviePass 2.0, is they are going to track your eyeballs to make sure you are watching the ads, and if you are watching the ads on MoviePass, then they will give you credits to go watch the movies in the movie theater. This is terrifying. All right, so let me get this right. You're not having to pay them a monthly fee. They're just, you're just going to have to watch some ad advertisements. To be able to go to the theater? 
I believe there's also a monthly fee involved. I believe there's a monthly fee and these credits through eyeball tracking of ads. This sounds like Saturday Night Live, the old uh, John Lovitz when he played the devil. And yeah, <laughs> he's going to buy your soul. This sounds a, more with, to me like... With a, with a contract. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds more to me like a Black Mirror episode. This is a episode of Black Mirror. There was an episode uh, looking at our dark possibilities of our future, wherein if you looked away from the ad, the ad would stop until your eyeballs were back on the picture, and then you would get credit for having, having seen the ad. This is well, terrifying. Steve, you know what would make us better? Is if we could do some kind of word games, and uh, it would probably just make everybody's life happy. Yeah, Wordle has certainly made a lot of people happy in the last few months. Wordle is now officially a part of the New York Times. If you go to Wordle on the web, it redirects to the New York Times website now. And the good news is that the code hasn't changed. It's exactly the same as it was, except uh, the New York Times has removed at least three derogatory words from the Wordle library. I can't believe they'd do that, Steve. That's censorship. The New York Times is censoring us. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, who knows, Steve? Who knows? How wonderful. Well, it, it, I, you've got all your friends who are reporting their scores every morning. I, 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 yes. All of your friends are reporting their scores on social media. And the good news is I do know who knows. It's all the coding nerds that have gone in and taken the dictionary. You can download the entire Wordle code and have it ready for you every morning uh, without any uh, need for the internet. Well, how, how lovely is that? Steve, we're going to uh, celebrate me, Abraham Lincoln, in a few days. And I hope, you know, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to proclaim everyone gets the day off who works at a bank or works at a school. And everybody can go buy some mattresses, right? That's that's all I remember about President's Day is, is I get the day off of school and you can go buy a mattress at a deep discount. <laughs> well, that's, you know, isn't that lovely? I mean, you get to go, you get to have better rest because of that. Thank you, your president. Thank you, president, for that. Steve, that's not all that we're celebrating. You know, it's time for that. It's you time. Know, it, it, assuming that the machine is working, there <laughs> could be a shamrock they... shake in your future. <laughs> yes! Assuming that they can get all the constituent parts that make up the shamrock shake this year. Shamrock shakes are back at McDonald's starting on Monday. Yes, this is, this is the... The greatest time of the year, for sure. Is this a big time for you? Do you like the Shamrock Shake? No, I love the Shamrock Shake chip. I enjoy that. It is a special treat. I get one every year, and I go, wow, what what an amazing time we live in. What the heck is this flavor? What is this color? How did they make this? What is this made of? I don't know. Just just put it in my mouth. Wow. Um, I know I have had a Shamrock Shake in my past. But if you said to me, what year did you have a shamrock shake? I have no idea, Steve. I would say, I don't know, 20 years ago. I am so glad. Four score and seven years ago. My forefathers brought forth the shamrock shake machine. And sometimes it works. And it's made of chemicals that I don't know what they are. And thank you, Ray Kroc. (laughs) Ray Kroc is smiling down upon us on this President's Day for sure. I don't know, Chip. I think we have enough information to survive another week. What do you think? 
Only if we can come back next week. Or I proclaim we come back next week. <laughs> we would love to hear from you. Do you love the Shamrock Shake? Do you, are you buying a mattress for President's Day? Give us a call or a text. Our phone number is 805-4104-TMS. Our website is TooMuchScrolling.com. Our email is TooMuchScrolling at gmail.com. We're on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. We're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and YouTube. And you can always ask your smart speaker to play the latest episode of Too Much Scrolling. I want to thank you again for listening to Too Much Scrolling. I'm Steve Foder. And I'm Abraham Lincoln. I just cannot tell a lie. That's my friend Joel Hart. See you in the future. We didn't talk about the Super Bowl, that team beating the other team. That was incredible, wasn't it? You were out vampire hunting. I was out vampire hunting. We gotta keep the world safe, Steve. <laughs>